0: tonight to introduce Eli Hauser to you, a uh, very, uh, very special young man. Uh, I first met Eli when Catherine Hauser was our secretary, and uh, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories about Eli. Um, the first time we went to Caswell, I believe Eli had his, had his banjo. And he's sitting outside, and he has his hat, and he's taking his hat off, and he's playing his banjo, and people are coming by, and they're throwing change. And I thought, what in the world? This crazy thing's going to get us run off. Well, the end of the week, they take up an offering for the mission, which is normally Haiti. They send food to Haiti, uh, and that's what the children do. And of course, they pack food for Haiti as well. And Eli took everything that he had received in his hat that week from playing the banjo and gave that in the offering. And uh, Well, anyway, it didn't take me long to realize and know that I was dealing with a special young man. Eli had a magnetism about him. One of the best pickup line artists I've ever met (laughs) as well. However, I will say this. The first time Eli got a kiss from a lifeguard, it cost me $5, (laughs) because there was these two pretty lifeguards down there at Caswell, and Eli just kept talking about how pretty they were, so I went up to one of them, and I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give y'all $5 a piece if you'll go over and give Eli a kiss. Man, they took that $5 quick, (laughs) and Eli, well, he took the kiss. We were at Caswell one night and we were doing the evening devotion. July 11th. July 11th. And I looked up and Eli had tears streaming down his face. So I went and I think then I mean, you went upstairs, wasn't it? Mate, was up or down one? I think it was up the. Okay, room 108. Okay, room 108. And. Uh, well, I'll just make a long story and a very profound story very short. God gave me the privilege to be there when Eli Hauser gave his heart to the Lord. And that's something that I will never, ever, ever forget. I'll never forget you, Eli. I've known for a long time that God had his hand on you. Didn't want to tell you because he needed to tell you that, not tell you through me. Uh, But I'm not surprised that God's called you into the gospel ministry. Because of that, Eli, you're a preacher. No man qualifies you. God calls you. And that's all the qualification you'll ever need. You come and you open up the word of life and break bread with us tonight, brother.
1: God, I'm not good enough. God, I'm not smart enough. God, I'm not strong enough. Who am I to talk to this person? God, I simply can't just do it. You know, we all had moments where we felt inadequate. We all had moments where we felt like we were unimportant, maybe a mistake. We all questioned, like, God, God, How can you use me? Lord, I just don't understand. Well, I want to tell you something. I thank God for the misfits, because I'm one. And tonight we're going to be reading about one of my favorite people in the Bible. We're going to be talking about Moses. So if you turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to read, um, start at verse 6. Exodus chapter 3, verse 6. I'll give you a moment to get there. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry by the reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land, unto a good land, and a large, unto a land that flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Prezites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is, Come unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring us forth, my people, the children of Israel, of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And He said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. Then, when thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. You know, Moses, the thing that I noticed most about this passage, how God kept referring to himself. He's like, Moses, I'm God. I will be with you. I've chosen you. And what does Moses say? Moses said, who am I? In fact, if you go to verse Chapter 4, verse 10, and he said, And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither here therefore nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And this is God's response. And the Lord said unto him, Who hath made man's mouth? Who maketh the dumb or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Now, you would think with God reminding Moses, Moses, I'm going to be with you. I was the God of Abraham. I was the God of Isaac. I was the God of Jacob. I am am that I am. You would think, okay, God, I'll go. But what did Moses do? He said, Lord, pick someone else. Now, how often are we like that? You know, I'm gonna be honest with you, there were times where I had an opportunity to share the gospel. And I didn't do it. And I regret that. And I'm gonna be honest with you. Earlier in this week I thought I wouldn't be able to preach about this message. Because I felt so inadequate and so small. See, I'm just a sinner. You know, there's nothing special about me. But you let me to tell you something? Romans chapter 5, verse 20. Where sin abound, grace did much more. So what did God do with Moses? Do you think that God picked another man to do Moses' job? No. You know what he did? He's like, all right, Moses, get Aaron. Aaron will help you, but you're still going to go talk to Pharaoh. And you might be wondering, well, why didn't God just simply heal Moses? Why didn't God simply just take away his speech impediment, his speaking problem? Well, I'll tell you, in Second Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verse 9, it says, And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And let me give you some context. This is Paul talking to God. And uh, we don't know what was going on with Paul, but you know he said he had a thorn in his side, and he asked God three times to remove it. You no, know, this shows you that there's not a problem too big or too small that our God can't handle. There's not a sin too great or too little that God is unable to forgive. You know, he may be thinking, Eli, I want to tell others about Jesus. I want to tell others. But I'm afraid. I'm afraid of being rejected. I'm afraid, what what happens if they say no? Well, the thing is, it's not what if they say no. The thing is, there's going to be people that will. But the thing is, just like Moses, just like God called Moses to deliver the people out of Egypt, Jesus called us. He called us in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. He said, "'Go ye therefore and teach all nations.'" baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the, the Holy Ghost. question is, are you willing? question is, what kind of pharaohs do you have in your life that's preventing you from this? So you may be like, well, Eli, how do I go out and tell others about Jesus? Well, first of all, you need to be saved. Because how can you talk about the experience of God if you never experienced in the first place? Well, Eli, how do I get saved? Well, it's very simple. You know, in the book of Romans, you know, we like to call this the Roman road. Well, see, the thing you've you got to understand this. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, For all have sinned and come, from the short, of, come short of the glory of God. Okay, what does that sin mean? Okay, like, What's so big about it? Well, I'll tell you. In Romans chapter 6, uh, verse 23, For the wages of sin is death. No one deserves God's grace. No one deserves God's love. I don't deserve it. But you know what something? It says this, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Eli, I am too much of a sinner. I don't think God will ever forgive me. Romans chapter 5 verse 8, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And you may be thinking, Eli, how do you know God saved me? Because he saved a sinner like me. And I know He can save a sinner like you, because if He can save me, He can save anyone. And you may be thinking, "Well, Eli, I've been going to this church for 20-some years, or I was the de- I'm the deacon's kid, or I'm the pastor's kid. You know, what will people gonna think about me if I go up there? I know I've been I know I'm not saved, but I'm afraid to go up there because I'm afraid of what people think. Well, let me tell you something. It ain't worth going to hell for." And all, I'll tell you this, if you're so worried about what people think here, let me tell you what they're thinking in heaven. There's going to be a celebration. and the Bible says a multitude of angels celebrate for one sinner that cometh to repentance. And let me tell you something, you may still be worried and afraid. Well, if, if none of these people are willing to celebrate with you, I will. So then what's next? We know we're sinners. But the thing is, the good news is Jesus came to die for us. John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him shall not perish but have everlasting life. There's this one saying, that I love, that Keith said. He said, Jesus loves you. This I know. For a Calvary did he go. And then if you go to Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Now this is how you get saved. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It didn't say, you might be saved, you will be saved, you shall be saved. For today is the day of salvation. And the thing is, now what about the Christian? What are we supposed to do? Well, you know, I was thinking about Isaiah in chapter 6. You see all these cards right here? Each one of those cards has a name. But it's just not a name. You know what those cards are? Each and every single one of those cards is an individual soul. Each and every one of these cards, people, God loves. And the thing is, we got a week until the who's your one. The thing is, if you don't have a card up here, now's the time. Call that person. Pray for that person. Because it's never too late. You know, there's going to come a time where God's going to come back. There's going to become a time where, you know, we're no longer going to be on this earth. And I'll say this. If God doesn't come back tomorrow, I say glory to God. That means one more day to tell someone about Jesus. If God, if God comes back tomorrow, I say glory to God. Because then we won't have to worry about the former things. We won't have to worry about the things of this world. And you might be, some of you might be thinking, well, Eli, I can wait until I'm older. I can wait tomorrow. Well, the thing is, that's the biggest lie the devil will ever tell you. Because the thing is, how are you sure that you're going to be alive tomorrow? How do you know that you won't get in a car accident from here to going back home? The question I have for you is, if you knew that you were going to die today, will you go to heaven? And if there's any doubt, I beg of you, come to this altar right now. Because, you know, you don't have to come to the altar during invitation. This altar is open every time the church doors are open. And you may be thinking, Eli, that's great and all, but I'm still a misfit. So let me tell you about some more misfits besides Moses. David, you know who David was? He was a shepherd's boy. And you know what happened to him? He He became a giant slayer and a king. Gideon... Most of y'all probably don't know this story, but it's in Judges chapter 6. And the children of Israel were under the oppression of the Midianites. And now Gideon was the weakest person in his entire family. And he was from the smallest tribe of Israel. And this is, what, this is chapter 6, verse 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee. And listen to this. This sounds awesome. And thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And then the disciples, who were they? Fisherman and a tax collector. And you know what Jesus told them? I'll make you fishers of men. And with the tax collector, Jesus was dining with them, and the Pharisees and the people was like, Why doth this man eat with sinners? And Jesus said this I have not come for those who think they're righteous, I come for those who know that they are sinners in need of repentance. And one of my favorite examples, Paul. See, Paul, you know him, he wrote Romans, Corinthians, he wrote the letters to the church. But did he know before he was Paul that he was a man named Saul? You know what Saul did? He killed and persecuted Christians. So how in the world does a man go from killing persecuted Christians to writing books in the New Testament and telling the gospel around the world? You may be thinking, Eli, how is this all possible. Well, in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, it says, for all things are, for with God nothing shall be impossible. And you know what it means? He can save you. He will save you. And so I think what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and have the invitation. And so what does this mean for us? It means this. First of all, if you've never been saved, you've never asked Jesus into your life, I'm going to be honest with you, you won't, you can't get into heaven. So I beg of you, get saved today. Second, maybe you haven't done this who's your one challenge. Well, today is the day to start. Today is the day to repent and call that person, or maybe you have a pharaoh in your life, and you just don't know what to do, you don't know, what's, you don't know how to do it, you don't know what God has planned, well, call upon him. Because you know, on our bulletins, it said, you know, Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, Have not commanded thee, be strong and courageous, for the Lord thy God is with thee, wheresoever thou goest. So this is what I'm going to do. Um, lord, is there all you can go to live. so i'm going to say a quick prayer and you know i'm going to ask you all to stand up and we're going to sing just as i am all right lord i want to thank you for today i want to thank you for everything you've done god i want to thank you for saving a wretched sinner like me god i want to thank you for using the misfits lord and giving us hope that even though You know, God, you can use the mighty man, you can use the average man, and you can use the least of those. God, I want to thank you. I don't deserve your grace. I don't deserve your love. But God, even though I wasn't worthy, you said I was worth it. So God, I beg of you, if there's anyone in here who doesn't know you, let them come forward. Let them accept you. Let them be adopted into the family of God so that their spirit can cry out, Abba, Father. Like to come up? All right, would you like to tell everyone what happened? I just accepted Christ. You just accepted Christ. (laughs) (laughs) I want to say this there's still time. If any of you, if God's tugging your heart for whatever reason, come on down. I beg of you. Because, you know, there's still time. There's still hope. I know we got a business meeting, but we're here to do God's business. We're, you know, we can always do a business meeting next Sunday. We can do a Sunday after. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, you know, Stan, I'm happy for you. I'm glad. God's got great things for you. All right. Are all hearts, mind, are all hearts and minds clear? All right. Um, Kevin, would you like to dismiss us? i just want to praise god for that saving that the angels rejoice over one soul that's get saved so today the angels are rejoicing right now and as you came up to this altar i just i was just so excited and i just want to thank god for what he's done so uh, Lord, thank you so much for for your word. Thank you so much for Eli, and so thank you so much for you're still in the saving business, Lord. And just so we just want to praise your name. We want to thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much, God, in Jesus' name, Amen.